0: So, if you lived in ancient Bible times, odds are you lived under the authority of a king.
1: And many of these kings claimed that they were gods, and they would even call themselves the image of God.
0: Meaning they had authority to tell people what to do, order things to be made.
1: Yeah, they got to define good and evil. And these kings would often make statues of themselves, which in Hebrew were called selim, often translated as idol
0: or image. But for Israel, They didn't view their kings as the God. In fact, they were never supposed to even make images of God.
1: That's exactly right. And that was really unique for that time and culture. This is rooted, first of all, in Israel's belief that you can't reduce the creator God down to any one thing in creation. But there's another reason. People aren't to make images of God because God has already made images of
0: himself. When did he do that?
1: Well, let's go to page 1 of the Bible. And the first person we meet there is God. He's the one with authority over all creation. He speaks and creation obeys, and he defines what is good and not good. In other words, he alone is king. But then surprisingly, as the pinnacle of all of God's creative work, he makes humans, and he calls all of them the image of God.
0: So he gives all humans the authority to rule.
1: Exactly, that is what he goes on to say. He tells the humans to subdue the earth and to rule it. And so this task that once belonged only to elite kings is here in the Bible the task of every human being. This was a revolutionary statement in its day because all humans are being called to rule and to participate in the human project.
0: So what does this mean? I mean, how are we all supposed to rule?
1: So the picture we get in Genesis is gardening. Gardening? Yes. Gardening. So they rule the earth by cultivating it, by harnessing all of the earth's raw potential and then making something more and new out of it.
0: So growing food for each other.
1: Yes, but... That also includes growing families then, which become neighborhoods. And then they create communities where people are going to work and take care of each other and build businesses and cities that will expand to new places and so on. So
0: ruling is really the day-to-day acts of our work and creativity.
1: Yes, we take the world somewhere. This is humanity's divine and sacred task.
0: Yeah, and this all sounds really nice. And humans have designed some pretty great things. But... Just as often we create things that cause a lot of suffering and a lot of injustice, so maybe we shouldn't actually be ruling. Yeah, so the Bible addresses this. In
1: Genesis, what happens is that God gives humans a choice about how they are going to rule. So, are they going to use their authority for the benefit of others, which is God's definition of good, or are they going to turn away and define good and evil for themselves and use their authority for self-advantage?
0: And in the story, they choose to define good and evil on their own terms.
1: And so this is the Bible's depiction of the human condition. So sometimes we pull off amazingly good stuff, but just as often, despite our best intentions, we act selfishly and we create evil in the world.
0: And so we're stuck as mediocre rulers making a mess of things.
1: But that's not the end of the story. So the Bible goes on and it makes this claim that all of this was resolved when God bound himself to humanity through Jesus and he showed us what it looks like to truly rule as a human.
0: So, what does it look like?
1: Well, Jesus ruled by serving and by seeking the best for others, by putting himself underneath them and loving not just his friends but also his enemies.
0: And that is not a typical way to rule.
1: And not only that, Jesus confronted the consequences of all of the evil and the death that we have created by our messed up ways of ruling and he takes it. I mean, he lets it kill him. And so when the New Testament writers looked back to Jesus' resurrection, they see a whole new future opening up for all humanity.
0: Jesus is a new way to be human.
1: Yeah, that's why they called Jesus the image of God
0: or the new human.
1: And not only that, they also believe that Jesus' divine life and power is now available to heal and to transform us to become our life and power. And this sounds
0: really nice, but what does it really look like?
1: So... Practically, the apostle Paul said it looks like people being filled by Jesus' own presence and spirit filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and integrity and gentleness and self-control, he says this is the new humanity that God wants to create in us so that we become people in whom God's image is being restored, people who will move the human project forward. And that's actually how the story of the Bible ends. It's a renewed world where God is on his throne and his servants are all around him, but they're the ones ruling over this new world, taking it into new, unchartedness territory with Jesus as their healer and their guide
2: so what did you think have have you ever considered yourself an idol I mean it's interesting that the word means the same thing And, and I've always wondered like why God doesn't like idols But it's because he already made his idols, his representative, his images, and that's you and me. And it's really important that we catch this because if we understand that we are his image bearers, that we are the idols that he created, of course, we're not going to make an idol of anything else because nothing else fully represents who God and what God is to be. Only human beings represent that. And you might be wondering, what does this have to do with being part of the mission I thought this sermon was about being rooted in the mission and you're right it is but for us to understand how to be rooted in the mission we first have to understand what the mission is now, many people say many different things about what the mission is. Even, even the gospel writers themselves don't fully agree on the terms. For example, Matthew says that Jesus went from town to town preaching and healing. Uh, Matthew 4, Matthew 9, and several other parts. And, and Luke, for example, says that Jesus enters the scene in Luke chapter 4, and he says that his mission is to proclaim liberty to the captives, the year of jubilee. And, and many other scholars and Bible authors have said that the mission is to make disciples and go into all nations and to gather the nations. And, or some people think that it's like, well, we must bring healing and, and, and help to those that are in need or brokenhearted to help the homeless, to help the marginalized, to help the poor, to help the oppressed by, by, by all of these systems and injustices. And all of them are right. Because that's the thing. The mission of God is so much bigger than the one specific words that we choose. The thing is that all of those are, mi- are part of the mission of God because they're all rooted in this core idea that we just saw in the video. The idea that God from the beginning wanted to make human divine partnership. Where he wanted us, as his image bears, to co-rule. Yes, you heard me right. To rule alongside him and make this creation even better. The good creation that he made, he gave us creativity to help him make it better. Because we're created in his image, now we get to multiply it and, and, and make fruit out of it. And the Bible narrates that instead of doing that as humans, what we did is we made the cities, instead of this gardens of fruitfulness, of goodness, we made the cities of violence and destruction and evil and pain. That's what the Bible narrates. So what what's the mission? The mission from the moment that humans rebelled and took wisdom into their own hands and didn't listen to God's. Uh, wisdom and counsel and truth and instead of being his image bearers they wanted to God in their image as humans they started corrupting the good image of God and started propagating and promoting evil and injustice and humans just make a mess of things and we can agree on that right that as humans when we're left to our own devices we are selfish and greedy because we do not allow God's good wisdom to lead us and to guide us. So from that moment, from the moment of our rebellion, from the moment that Adam and Eve took of the fruit, God's been on a mission. On the mission to restore all of creation back to himself, you and I included, to restore us to being his image bearers so that we can co-rule with him. Do you ever wonder why Paul, in Romans chapter 5, in that obscure, kind of confusing and difficult to read passage where he says, Jesus needs to be the new Adam and, and Adam brought sin and all of these crazy things. Have you ever wondered why he says that? I mean, I used to read that passage without knowing that I'm an image bearer and how much that like matters in the Bible. And I used to be all kinds of confused. Paul in Romans Romans chapter 5 is trying to say what we're talking about, what that video was talking about, that we are meant to be image bearers. And as Adam was meant to be this image bearer of God, this this human that would represent God, and he failed. So we need a true human, a human that would bear his image in the most amazing and beautiful way. And you guessed it, that person is Jesus. So when Jesus comes to the scene, he's not trying to establish a new religion. No, no, no. He's trying to establish a new humanity. He's trying to teach us the true way to be human. The human that bears the image of God and represents God in every possible way. And the way you love, and the way you treat, and the way you serve, and the way you give, and the way you portray your character is just like the character of God because we are meant to represent his image. That's the mission. God restoring everything through image bearers, through new humans. So if we're going to learn one thing today is learn this. God's been on a mission. God's been on a mission the entire time. He hasn't been kind of figuring things out as they go. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He wants to restore all of God's good creation back to himself. So first thing, God's a missionary God. Second thing, our mission is to be image bearers image bearers god wants his mission to be accomplished through this community of image bearers and how do you do that do you do that through studying the bible and evangelizing yeah that's part of it do you do that through going to the sick and and comforting the afflicted and being there for the poor and the marginalized and caring for them yep You do it that way. Do you do it by caring for the trees and the oceans and all the the pollution in the world? Yep, you do it that way too. You see, an image bearer can be an image bearer in every sphere of influence where there's restoration being promoted, where the good image of God is reflected through a new kind of human, the human that Jesus is and he creates you and I to be. So lesson number two, God wants to establish his restored world through his new community of image bearers. Let that sink in for a little bit. A good writer once said, I can't remember who had said it, but Omar Palafox, a good mentor of mine, told me, and actually Uncle Neil preached about it when we first started talking about Acts long time ago, I don't know if you remember that. And he said this statement, and it's true. God didn't give his church a mission. It's not like he created the church and he was like, well, this is what I want you to do. God's been a missionary God for this entire time, so in order to accomplish his mission, he gave his mission a church. He gave his mission a community. He gave his mission a new humanity, a new way of being human. So God's a missionary God. God is, gave his mission a church, us as image bearers. And the way we do that is through bearing his image in every sphere. So lesson number three, wherever we go, we can bear his image. The mission is not just baptizing people and studying the Bible. That's part of the mission. The mission is not just going and re- for, like replanting all of this trees so that we have trees again and we can save all the animals in the planet. That's also part of the mission. The mission is not just so that we um, visit the homeless and care for the widow and, and all the orphans and we love on them and show them the kindness of God. That is also part of the mission. The mission is that we bear truly The reflective image of God in every sphere possible. Because God is a missionary God who's trying to restore the whole world. He wants to restore the whole world through his new community, his new humanity of image bearers. And wherever we go, that mission that we belong to now as new humans... We can accomplish that in every sphere possible. At work, at varsity, with your friends, in your community, in your family reunions, in whatever conversation, even in a video like this, we can bear the image of God. That's it. That's the mission. That's the lesson. And you might be thinking, wait a second, Jared is like super, super long and he always speaks forever. I was only getting my popcorn ready because this is barely the beginning. He's barely getting geared up. And you're right, I'm only getting geared up. But that's the lesson. The lesson that we need to understand is that we are image bearers, created in the likeness of Jesus, that new human that is bearing the mission of God and he's bringing it to a fulfillment. God will succeed at this. He will. He will restore the whole world. The question is, do you want to be part of it? The question I'm asking you today is, where will you bear his image of God? Well, will you bear this image? Because once you learn how to do that, to bear the image of God everywhere you go, then we can really start talking about being rooted in his mission. So where will you bear his image? Because now now that we know what the mission is, how are we going to accomplish it? And here's where I'm going to ask you to turn into your Bible. I know we haven't opened the Bible. We've just been referencing it. But turn your Bible to the book of Colossians with me, please. And we're going to read this awesome passage of Scripture, Colossians chapter 4. I was in um, in Santa Fe, New Mexico a couple of years back. I think it was back in 2017, maybe even be 2016. I can't even remember. And Uncle Neil was there visiting Shawnee and Lindsay just like I was. And he actually preached about the mission that Sunday. And you should totally check his lesson out because I'm only stealing his main passage. I'm not stealing his entire lesson. And actually, I wasn't stealing. It's in the Bible. So he got it from the Bible. I'm getting it from the Bible. We're all learning from the Bible together. But go listen to that lesson because it was really powerful. And it really impacted me that I still remember it was in Santa Fe. We were visiting Shawnee and Lindsay. Uncle Neil was preaching. And he read this part, Colossians chapter 4. And our lesson is going to flow out of here as well. Colossians chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, keep up praying for us as well that God may open to us a door for the message to proclaim the mystery of Messiah for which I am in prison pray that i might make myself clear as i ought to speak conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders making the most of every opportunity let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt to know how you ought to answer everyone awesome awesome passage pause about Closing his letter and he's talking about what he's doing. He's making disciples, he's proclaiming the kingdom of God, he's bearing the image. And he asked, the very first thing he asked is pray. Devote yourselves to prayer. So if we're going to be rooted in the mission, the very first things we need to do is pray about the mission. Let me ask you, do you still start your day every day on your knees? In the beginning of the year, we had this amazing lesson from our brother Kid Cummings challenging us to pray every day and start every morning before we even do anything. Check our phones, go to the toilet, kiss our wives, check anything. We start on our knees. And it's May now. So let me ask you, are you still starting your day every day on your knees? Because if we're going to be rooted in the mission of God, it cannot begin with our efforts. It has to begin with absolutely recognizing that it's His mission. We are part of His mission. We are bearing His image as part of this mission. And we need To be devoted to prayer. The words that Paul uses is not pray for us if you have a chance or like when we are on the phone with somebody or we meet up with somebody and we're like, anything that I can pray for you and they tell us and we keep it in our minds and maybe we go pray about it that day, maybe later that week, and maybe every other time we remember. No, no, no. Paul is saying devote yourselves to prayer. Are you praying for the mission of God? Are you reminding yourself every day on your knees saying, I am an image bearer and I am going out wherever out is. It might be to work. It might be to your family. It might be to a Zoom meeting. It might be to the shops. It might be to wherever. And I'm going out to bear his image. Because if we're not starting that way, how else are we going to be good image bearers? We don't even remember that we're image bearers. You know, (laughs) Paul was very, very, very intentional when he asked us to pray. we got to pray for the mission, for the mission of God to be on our minds. you gotta, you got to pray about this. If you don't pray about this, how, how are you and I going to do anything about this? You know, we must pray for, for the neighbors around us because we all have neighbors. Are we praying for them that they might get to know God? Maybe they already know God. Are we praying that we get to bear God clearly in, in an appropriate manner? Are you praying for your family members that might be struggling for a long time? Are you praying for colleagues at work or for any other kind of person that you might know that you met or you've been introduced to? Are you praying for those that you know are studying the Bible? Are you praying for the mission at all? Are you remembering that you're an image bearer and that you just want to bear his image right? Kid Cummins challenged us to pray every morning this prayer of Saint Francis of Assisi, right? And I don't know if you remember it. I barely remember it too. I kind of summarize his prayer into one word. Shalom. Let me be a person of peace. Or in the words of the mission of God, Salem, Salem Elohim, Imago Dei, let me be an image bearer today. Are we still praying and intentionally walking into our days and lives every day with that reality in our minds and in our hearts? You know what happens when you start praying for people? Things start happening. It's crazy, but they do. There's a sister of ours who was praying for one of her colleagues. And God started talking to the sister of ours and telling her, you should actually reach out to your colleague. And, 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 and gave her a very specific verse. Not an encouraging verse, a verse in the book of Lamentations. And this sister was like, God, I cannot tell that to this colleague of mine. I barely even know her. And God kept on pressing on our sister's heart. Tell her, tell her, tell her. So our sister writes an email, sends the scripture, And says, okay, God, I'm just trying to do whatever you told me to do. It took her a couple of days, but she did it. And you know what happened? The colleague was in the hospital and she had just gone through some horrible, horrible things. And that scripture spoke to her life more than you can imagine. She felt reflected and empathized. And then a conversation started happening. Why? Because our sister decided to be an image bearer and just pray for her colleague who she she had not heard from in days and she was wondering if she's okay. So let me just pray. And God spoke to our sister and said, do this. Bear my image in this way. Just send an email with one scripture. You have no idea the power that that has. Are you praying for people that might be wanting to get to know God a little bit better and they just need a good reflection of his image? Are you praying, God, if I encounter anybody at the shop or at the street or or in my work today that wants to know you, let me bear your image so that we can have a conversation, so that I can point them to the Bible, so uh, whatever, are you praying for the mission? You know, in Acts chapter 4, the church is starting to grow and they're getting persecuted. And you know what they do? They get together and the first thing they do is they pray. But you know what's awesome about their prayer is that in the middle of persecution and horrible things happening to them, they're not praying for safety. They're not telling God, please help us so that people stop persecuting us. They pray for boldness. They don't say, God, help me be saved so that I can preach your message nicely. No, no, no. They're saying, God, help me be bold so that even though any circumstance comes against me, I still will bear your image. I will still keep on preaching the gospel. Pray. Pray as much as you can and listen. Listen while you pray because God might be wanting to say something to you, through you, in spite of you. Just don't stop praying after that paul in in colossians chapter 2 says that not only must we pray he also wants to know how to speak the gospel properly in an appropriate manner he asked them pray for me that i may do this And, and the thing that i get from that is that paul is not taking the mission lightly and saying well if i do a good job i'll do it no paul wants to be prepared for the mission so point number one, you pray for the mission. Don't stop praying. But point number two, you got to prepare for the mission. And what do I mean by this? Imagine going to work and you have a whole, like big presentation that it's due that day for whatever company that you work for and you didn't prepare anything. You just wing it and rock up there and just see how it goes. Maybe, maybe you're very eloquent and it will go well. Or maybe you will totally bomb it. And might even get fired. Nobody would go to work. Nobody would go and do the things that they do without any preparation. That's why we study. That's why we go to school. That's why people that hire other people want them to know that they're prepared. Are we prepared to bear the image of God? Not just to do Bible studies. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying memorize the, the study booklet. I mean, that'd be a good thing, but I'm not saying that that's the only way the mission happens. I'm saying, I, am I preparing myself every day to be a better image bearer? You know, when we go to marathons or when we go to the gym, we train hard because we have a goal. We know that in a few weeks, I'm going to run this 5K, so I got to prepare for it by going for a 2K this week, right? Do we train our characters the same way? we say, I'm going to bear the image of God tomorrow, so I better train myself to be more compassionate, kind, patient, loving person today, because tomorrow I might meet somebody that needs that reflection of God in their lives through this character. Am I preparing for a presentation like the way I prepare myself in spiritual rhythms by taking Sabbath or time in the Word every day, a daily quiet time, or spending some time aside for prayer? Am I Am I studying the Bible the way that I study for my exams? Because, man, we prepare for those things, so why are we not preparing for the mission? And, and a good practice that we could have is we could develop some spiritual disciplines. I like to call them rhythms of grace, and another day I, I would love to talk to you about that. But take some time, some intentional time, and develop these rhythms that will help you and i prepare better and display the image of god, the image of king jesus a lot better rhythms like sabbath or quiet time or meditation or solitude or worship and praise or or, or art and dancing or, or whatever rhythm you choose but are you taking time to prepare for the mission then the next thing that paul says in colossians 4 is that after he says pray that i know what to speak that i'm prepared He wants to be in a place where that message needs to be heard. Pray that wherever I go, he says, wherever I go, what does that mean? That Paul was intentional about placing himself in the mission. I mean, you can be very prepared and you could be praying about it, but then you go and you spend all your day watching Netflix and YouTube videos. Who are you going to bear the image of God there? Paul, no, not sorry, Paul, Jesus, which is more important, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that nobody lights a lamp and hides it under a table. You have been lit. The moment you made Jesus Lord of your life and you got baptized, God lo- put this light shining inside of you. Are you going to hide it? Are you going to shine brightly? Are you going to go into your comfortable space where you don't have to bear the image so I can be as impatient, I can be as rude, I can be as unfocused, undisciplined as I want to be because, man, I just I don't want to shine the light today. Or are you going to place yourself in a position where you got to bear the image of God? Every one of us that goes to work has to bear the image there. So you're already placing yourself there unintentionally. That's why you pray and you prepare so that by the time you get to the placement, you're ready for it. Some of us who are married, we are already in a position where we're placed to bear his image. The first person you should bear the image to is your wife. Let me say that again, brother. If you are married, the first person you bear the image of God to, your first point of mission is your wife. And vice versa. The first person that you must be the most patient, the most loving, the most humble, the most understanding, the most compassionate, the most courageous, the most, ever, the most like Jesus is your wife. And if you have kids, your kids. Have you ever thought about the fact that you are actually discipling your kids? Imagine that you were in a Bible study with somebody. How much would you pray for this person? How much would you prepare for the Bible study because you know this person might become a disciple after these conversations? That's your kid. Every conversation, every time, every meal, every moment, your kid is learning from you so that they may or may not choose to follow Jesus. It is their decision at the end of the day. It doesn't all fall on you. But just like you would be placing yourself intentionally and preparing yourself intentionally for a Bible study, do we do that with our children that we love and teach them about Jesus the way that we teach strangers? Or do we just kind of let things go and if they follow Jesus, they follow Jesus. And that's why we hire people to become teen leaders and campus leaders that they will teach our kids how to follow Jesus. No, no, no. The Bible places the responsibility on parents more than anything. And that's scary. That scares me so much that I don't know. I sometimes tell my wife like, oh, having kids is so frightening because God entrusts us with this little being so that they might become an image bearer of God too. Like, oh, that's crazy. So I say this with as much compassion and humility as I can because I have no idea what it feels like to be a parent. But I do think you have a very valuable position to bear the image of God to your kids. I was having this conversation with Kurt and Diana not long ago. We got to visit them. And and Diana was talking about how much she loves teaching other people about Jesus and she's saying and she reminded me of this she's saying I try to teach Judah because at least he's the only person because of COVID she doesn't get to go teach everybody he's the only person that she gets to teach the bible teach them about God so that he might become a disciple I was like man that woman is placing herself in the mission she knows exactly what her role is in the mission and she's doing that with little Judah so 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 much so like I said Wherever we go, there's our placement. At the shop, we can be image bearers of God. So we place ourselves in in a good attitude, in a humble attitude, so that we smile, we ask questions, we're interested, we're humble, we're compassionate. We're attentive to the needs around us. And if we see somebody in need, we attend to that need. Somebody that needs food, somebody that needs shelter, somebody that needs a phone call. Somebody that might not need a phone call, but they just come knocking on your door saying, hey, I've been having a rough time. Are you going to set things aside and say, hey, let me be an image bearer for you right now? Because you need an image bearer right now. The other day, my wife and I were running. We're going to run almost every day after work in the evening as the day cools off. And we saw this man limping. Man, poor guy. He, he seemed like he had just had finished his long day of work and he barely could walk. And my wife and I go on the same route every day and and we were right in the middle of it. And we could have just passed by and say, you know what? Um, uh, Let's pray for him that that he gets better and that he gets healed. (laughs) But my wife is the only doctor here (laughs) in town. So she recognized him and she said, I think that's one of my patients. So we stopped and we talked to him. And the poor man had just injured himself during work. He could barely walk. So we went running for the car and we took him home because this man, how else was he going to get home? He had actually been left behind by his boss who was supposed to give him a lift to home. And home was quite a bit of distance away. For somebody that's limping, that's so hard. I'm not saying that we're any heroes in any way. No, all I'm saying is that we could have not been attentive. We could have just been focused on our day and just see somebody limping and say, shame, let's pray for him and move on. Or we could listen to the Holy Spirit, be attentive to the needs around us because we're in this mindset of, I'm in a mission everywhere I go and my mission is to bear the image of God. So let me place myself in this run, in this going to the shop, at this Zoom meeting, at this church thing, at this free Friends, bride, at whatever place I go, I'm bearing his image so I have an opportunity. Whatever I need to do, Holy Spirit, I'm attentive to you. Let me know how to bear your image the most accurate and the best possible way. You see, we have this opportunity to bear the image of God wherever we go. We can avail ourselves to people. We can lend a listening ear or we can lend some energy or some time or some resources. We can be there for our family members, for our friends. We can be there for our colleagues. We can pray for them, hear them, take them out for coffee and, and spend time with them. If, if it seems too scary, then we do Zoom. If, and then we just talk and hear and just try as best as we can. Just to bear the image of God to whoever's in front of us right now. Be our wife, or husband, our kids, or brothers or sisters, our friends at school, our lecturers, our anybody. We bear His image. And the last thing is, what's the point of praying and preparing and placing yourself in a moment of opportunity if you're not going to do anything about it? If we're not going to go and actually be the image bearer of God? what's the point? You know, I looked up the definition of the word practice and the Oxford Dictionary says, the actual application or use of an idea, belief, or method as opposed to theories relating to it. You know, I always thought of practice as something that I need to do every day so I can get better. But when I looked up the definition, it was so fitting we can have all these theories. You might know all the concept of the of what is the mission of God and that God's a missionary God and God gave a mission, uh, 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 his church um, uh, a mission. He gave a church and that he wants to use us as image bearers and that everywhere we go we can bear his image. You might know all the theory. You might pray about this. You might put yourself in the place where you are could have. Uh, The opportunity to bear the image, you might even prepare yourself every day with spiritual rhythms and all of these things and you might do nothing about it. Because practicing is actual application of an idea or belief. So if I really believe that I'm an image bearer, I'm going to do something about it. That's practicing the mission. I have in my mind that the video by Shia LaBeouf, and, and I don't know if Dean would be able to put the video here on the side of him just going like, Just do it! You know that really funny meme that we get, that video? Just do it! Like, that's literally it! That's why Paul says, Conduct yourself with wisdom towards outsiders. Like, do something about it. In verse 5 and 6, So that you speak the right words, So that you know how to respond, So that you are wise... And knowing what to do because you're going to do something about it. Just do it. Go out there. If you are at the shop, if you're with your friend, if you're with your colleague, if you're with your husband and your wife or whatever, do it. Bear his image. What that might mean for you, I don't know. It might mean a study. It might mean a prayer. It might mean a conversation. It might mean for you to shut up and just listen. It might mean for you to actually say the things that are in the word. It might mean to have nothing to do with the word and just be a good friend. And just be a good companion and just be a good caring person might mean that we go out and serve the homeless because the homeless need image bearers every single day. It might mean that we stand up for the rights of those who are oppressed, women and people who are marginalized and oppressed and systematically removed. And we say, wait, wait, that's not right. I'm going to treat you with dignity because the way other people are treating you, that's not right. That's not the way God treats us. We are both image bearers of God. So let's treat each other with dignity and we listen. Instead of avoiding and, and looking the other way when the person is asking for money at the robot? Because you have no money to give or you don't want to give because you have learned that it might be unwise. But we look the other way. Why? Because we avoid practicing the image-bearing. How about we just look at him in the eyes and smile and say, have a good day. Maybe you don't have the time or the resources or the expertise to know what to do, but you can, you can smile, You can treat this person with dignity and respect. You can be an image bearer to that person. How about we go to the shop instead of being rushed to just get things done, we go to the shop looking for opportunities to bear his image. How about we go to work instead of just trying to get through the day and grind away so I can go home and relax, we just look for opportunities to practice this idea and this belief that we have that we are image bearers of God. What if we just together constantly knew this and talked to each other and came up with creative ways of how to bear the image of God. And we talk as brothers and sisters in our Bible talks, in our family groups, in our D times, and we just say, hey, I'm just having a hard time here. Help me. How can I bear the image of God better? That's preparing for the mission. And maybe this brother or sister tells you, well, you have this opportunity at work. Why don't you talk to this person? Why don't you do this? Why don't you just make biscuits for everybody and, and just say, hey, God loves you. Maybe you get criticized and maybe people ridiculed you and maybe uh, all these other things. But you know what? We have every single day opportunities to bear the image of God. We can live this out. We can practice the mission. We can totally, wherever we go, at the street, in an argument with our wives, we can choose to be humble and patient and not prove ourselves right, but rather protect our marriage. When you're when you're studying for your exams, when you're preparing something for work, when you're studying the Bible with somebody, or when you meet somebody who just wants new friends, and you can be that friend. When you go for a jog, when you make tea for somebody else, wherever we go, we can be image bearers of God. So we gotta pray for the mission. We gotta prepare for the mission. We gotta place ourselves in the midst of this mission but we also have to practice we actually have to do something about it so let me ask you is mission for you only evangelism because you're right that's part of the mission but it's not the whole thing is mission for you only caring for the homeless because you're right but that's not the whole mission you know jesus told us and and i can't talk about the mission without mentioning jesus in matthew 28 right Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations, of every people, group, of every culture, of every color, of every race, ethnicity, language, religion, to make disciples, to teach these disciples how to be new kinds of humans, to be image bearers of God, whether it's our kids or our colleagues or our family members or strangers in the street, we all are doing this, what Jesus told us to do. You know, Jesus didn't tell us that making disciples has a beginning point and an ending point. Because most of us think that way. I grew up thinking that making disciples meant that I meet this person, study the Bible with this person, get this person baptized. Now they're a disciple, I move on to the next person. No, no, no. Jesus told us to go and disciple the nations. There's no ending point of discipling. Even discipling is being an image bearer of God. You know, Jesus told us that we should love our enemies. And I know so many sermons that talk about loving our enemies, but how many sermons tell us how to love our enemies? You know, if you meet a brother or sister who has this problem or this pain or struggling in their faith in any way, and you say, hey, come alongside me, Because I I don't know how to love my enemy perfectly, but I've learned this. This is how I do it. What do you think? That's bearing the image of God. That's part of the mission. That's discipling the nations. So all I'm trying to say is that there's many ways for this mission to be accomplished. But at the end of the day, it's God's mission being accomplished through his image bearers. That's you and me. So... Go study the Bible with people. Pray for people to study the Bible. Go love on your family and reflect the image of God to your family. Go and care for the homeless and the oppressed. Go and bear the image of God every walk, every jog, every work appointment, every Zoom meeting, every opportunity you get. Go and bear the image of God because that's how we can stay rooted in the mission. And let me just remind you very quickly, we can stay rooted by praying for the mission. By preparing ourselves for the mission, by placing ourselves in the midst of the mission being done, and by practicing the mission. Let me end with the words of Paul in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen, that says, We with unveiled face are being transformed from glory to glory to become his image. We are his image-bearers. Wherever we go, we can bear his image and fulfill his mission while doing that.